When someone decides to follow Christ, their life is changed forever. Death turns to life. Despair changes to hope. Dark becomes light. It's a deep, quiet moment that could easily be kept hidden. But a change this profound can't stay a secret for long. It's time for the world to see what God has done. For we were once in darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. Baptism is an act of faith. It's a celebration, a beacon cutting through the fog, a message to the world that a lost cause has been redeemed, that God is here and he is transforming lives. So embrace this moment. Declare his glory and let your light shine. Well, good morning. Let me welcome you to Crossroads. We're excited that you're here. We're in week three of our series, Follow the Yellow Brick Road. And again, so excited that you're joining us here in person. We have lots of people because of all the sickness that's going on right now that are joining us online via Facebook Live. We welcome you guys that are joining us online. And as we ask you each week to do, make a, take a moment and comment below to let us know that you're watching. Uh, also, take a moment and share our feed over to your personal Facebook page because, again, it just multiplies the amount of people that will be exposed to our service, whether they watch it today or whether they choose to watch it sometime this week right off of your Facebook page. Again, people can watch it off of ours, but when you share it to yours, they can watch it on your Facebook page and do it any time of the week. They kind of, you know, are trolling you. You know what I'm talking about when they're, when they're looking at what you're posting. I want to make this uh, announcement because, again, we put it off and put it off. And basically because of sickness, uh, a lot of people who have wanted to be baptized have been sick, and it's just been really hard to coordinate that. So again, if, you're ha if you have made a decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you haven't taken that next step, the step of baptism, I want to encourage you to stop by the information kiosk when you leave today. You're going to pick up what we call a baptism packet. It's just like the one that you see me holding in my hand right now. In there is some information. Uh, we're going to ask you some questions. We want to get some information from you, and we're going to get you scheduled for baptism. Tentatively right now, I'm looking at February the 20th in both of our services. So again, that's tentative, again, based on all the sickness that's going around. Lots of people sick, lots of people with different things. There are all kinds of things going around. So again, we're going to try to monitor that. But again, February the 20th if, is the day that I'm looking at. So pick one of these up today if you need to take that next step of baptism and, and fill that out. Get that information back. And what I'm going to ask you to do is when you come in, if you've got that filled out, you can just drop that in the offering bucket when you leave the service. You can give it to one of our guest service team members. That's going to be the people with a lanyard on, and they'll take it from you. They'll get it to our office. We'll contact you, and we'll schedule you either in the 830 or this service, whichever one works best for you. So again, want to encourage you to be a part of that. Do that. Again, tentatively, it is scheduled for February the 20th. And again, I hope we don't have to put it off again, but again, uh, that, that's what we're looking at. Now, for those of you that might not know, we started this series uh, on the 9th of January, and it's been a little crazy because we've had some crazy weather, some crazy things going on. We took an extra week off 
uh, during the Christmas season, which we normally take one. We took two because we were supposed to put a new soundboard in. The new soundboard didn't come in. We're still waiting for pieces and parts of that to come in so that we can get that done. It looks like the end of February for that. But we started this series on January the 9th. Uh, and again, it seems like that it, it, it ought to be like the seventh week. But, but one of the things that I think is very important for you to understand is when we begin a new year, we always look for a series that we think will contribute and help people in the place that they find themselves in their life at that very moment. As a matter of fact, when we think about a series, every teaching series, we constantly think about that series. And when we do, we kind of craft everything with each one of you in mind. But when it comes to the beginning of the year, we really try to make sure that we start the year and we hit a home run when it comes to helping people live their lives in a better way during the coming year. See, we know that many people want to start the year off better health, more exercise, you know, eating better. Again, we know that people want to start the year off trying to make some needed improvements in their life. And prior to the last two years, one of the things that we knew is in January, this was before COVID, and I hate to give it any credit, but before COVID in January, we would always see this tremendous spike uh, in church attendance. So knowing that we were going to have all these extra people here for a while, uh, we wanted to make sure that we, like I said, hit a home run, and, and, and as they're making church more of a priority, uh, we wanted to make sure that we had did a great series that would help them realize where they are and to walk into the new year and to live their life in a better way. And we truly wanted to make sure that, that, that as we walked into a new year, that your life improves. So what we do is we give lots of thought, we give lots of preparation to the things that we're going to talk about and address at the beginning of any year. And the way we come to, to many of the, the, the conclusions and the things that we're going to discuss uh, in, in a series at the beginning of the year is simply by me listening to you. It's simply by our guest service team talking with you and engaging with you and listening to you. We listen to the things that you're saying. We listen to the, to the prayer requests. We listen to the things that you have going on in your life. And then we look at those things that you say you're dealing with and the situations and the circumstances that you find yourself. And then what we try to do is we try to take the things that are going on in your life and we try to flesh those things out and we try to do it from a biblical perspective. So this is exactly the way that we ended up with this series that we're in as we start 2022. Because we discovered that many of you, especially over the last two years, are now finding yourself in a very difficult place. And what you're looking for is you're looking for direction. You're, you're seeking answers that are going to help you change the situations and the circumstances that you find yourself in as it relates to your life right now. I think that each one of us here uh, and, and those that are joining us online, you know, we realize that there's more to life. There's just more to life than us having to camp out at the place that we find ourselves right now. And, and, and we're looking for more. We start a new year. We're looking for more. We're looking for more from our relationships, more from our finances. We're looking for more from our careers 
and, and, and we're realizing that the things that we're currently doing, that those things that we're currently doing, it just simply isn't working for us. So we question, what can we do with our lives that will help us move out of the place that we find ourselves and go forward and end up experiencing more from life? What, is, what in our lives is missing when it comes to helping us deal with the situations that we find ourselves in? We, we ask the question, are we destined to live our lives exactly where we find ourselves now and not seeing things change? Is that the way life is supposed to be? And the answer to that is no. So knowing from our perspective that many of you watching online, many of you in this auditorium, many of you who will listen to this during the week, knowing that you need help in different areas of life, we looked at what we could do to help. And really, this is the baseline for kind of how we have arrived at where we are in this series. We knew that people needed direction. We knew that people needed some help uh, in the place that they found themselves. But people also needed some help that would ultimately make a difference, not just right now, but in the new and the different situations that they would end up and those things that we would be a part of their life in the future. So before we included you in on what we were going to be searching for, we went on our own search as a staff, and we thought, what is it that would best help people? And, and in our own search, based on some of the things that you have said, we came up with the answer. And the answer was simply wisdom. People need wisdom to help them deal with things that they have currently going on in their lives. And they need wisdom that will help them to deal with the things that will be a part of their life at some point in the future. So if you were to take today and rewind this series back to week one, I introduced you to a very simple definition for the word wisdom. And again, I want you to understand, this is my definition. It's not just the word wisdom. This is really what I would say is the definition of the, the word biblical wisdom because we're not just talking about wisdom, we're talking about biblical wisdom. And here's what I've said about wisdom or biblical wisdom. I want you to understand that biblical wisdom is living skillfully in the conditions in which you find yourself. You're going to find yourself in different conditions and situations that I'm going to find myself in. So biblical wisdom, it, it gives us a flexibility because it allows us, no matter where we find ourselves, to live skillfully in the conditions in which we find ourselves. And when we say the, the conditions in which you find yourself in, that's exactly what we mean. Because the condition that you find yourself in is going to be different from the condition that I find myself in. But true wisdom, here's the thing, true biblical wisdom is going to help you wherever you are. And it will guide you as you go forward and have to face new and different things in your life in the future. Biblical wisdom is just a wisdom that's going to be able to help you at any time. So what better place could we find wisdom 
than to go to one of the books of wisdom that is actually found in the Bible, the book of Proverbs. Now, again, there are different takes on how many books of wisdom are actually in the Scripture. To me, I say there are four books of wisdom. Job, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, and Proverbs. Other people have different opinions on the books of wisdom that are actually, or what they call the books of wisdom that are in the Scripture. Some people say there are seven books of wisdom. But for our conversation purposes today, I say there are four. Job, Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, and Psalms. And it's in the book of Proverbs that's where we find the wisdom that is attributed to King Solomon. Solomon was the son of King David. Solomon was the wisest and richest man who has ever lived or who will ever live. And over the course of this series, what we're going to be doing is we're diving into the book of Proverbs and we're drawing out the wisdom that Solomon has left us to help us in the different situations in which we find ourselves. But before we dive into some more of that wisdom that Solomon left us, I want to go back and recap something that I said last week, because some of you may not have been here to hear exactly how I defined a proverb. Again, I, I said it kind of in a different way last week. For me to tell you what a proverb is, is really not the way to approach it. Instead of telling you what a proverb is, is I probably need to tell you what a proverb isn't. Because here's the first thing I want you to realize. In Scripture, there are three things. There are three different kinds of statements. One of those statements is a law. And here's the thing. I want you to see it behind me. A proverb is not a law. A proverb is not a law. Laws are all throughout Scripture. The, the second thing that I want you to see is this. A proverb is not a promise. Uh, and that's one of those things that you have to understand as well. Those three kinds of statements. There are laws, there are promises, there are proverbs. The third thing I want you to see is this. In my opinion, a proverb is a catchy, clever way to kind of describe the way that things generally are. That's what a proverb is. So you have a, a law, you have a promise, and you have a proverb. And a proverb is a catchy, clever description of just the way that things generally are. And I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again this week, because, again, it has such bearing on this entire series that some of you need to take just a moment so that you understand going forward next week, next year, 10 years from now, what a proverb is. You need to take a picture of the screen. You need to write it down that a proverb is a clevy, catcher catchy, clever way or the way to describe the way that things generally are. They're not laws. They're not promises because Proverbs don't guarantee success. They don't guarantee that you're going to experience success in your finances, in your career, in your relationships, at work, or as a parent. But Proverbs, those catchy, clever descriptions of the way things generally are. They're also this. They're wise observations about kingdom living. A proverb is a wise observation about kingdom living. So as we're taking what we've been doing over the last month during January, the 31-day challenge, the 31-day challenge for those that may be visiting or don't know, 
we said at the end of December that starting January the 1st and throughout the month of January, we were going to read every day in our quiet time, in our devotional time, a chapter a day of the book of Proverbs. So today, you're at chapter 30. And as a part of the 31-day challenge, then you're beginning to realize just how wise some of the observations that you read, those, those observations really are. And, and not only are we starting to realize how wise those observations really are, but you're also starting to realize that the wisdom that was written in the book of Proverbs, there's wisdom there that really touches just about every area of our lives. And just from talking to some of you, even today or over the last several days, it, it's evident to me that some of you are beginning to, to take some of the wisdom that you've read as a part of the 31-day challenge in the book of Proverbs. You're starting to incorporate that wisdom into your life, and you're starting to see that wisdom begin to make a difference in your life. This is why we have been reading through this book this month together. Because as a part of the 31-day challenge, we want to experience some of the wisdom that was written down by Solomon and left for us those clever, clever catchy sayings that are wise observations about kingdom living. We want to take those and we want to incorporate those in our life because we know they will make a difference. And we want to allow that wisdom to be applied. I want you to apply it in your life, and I want to continue to apply it in my life so that we experience everything that God intends for us to experience as we live out the days and the life that God has given us. You, you, listen, listen, some of you need to understand this, and some of you need to hear this. Somebody, I think, specifically in this service needs to hear this. You don't need to live life the way you've been living it. You don't need to experience the things that you've been experiencing in your life because there's so much more. And it's simply by looking at some of this wisdom that we're looking at in the book of Proverbs and letting that wisdom shape us and guide us through life, that wisdom can make all the difference in the world. By applying what we find in Proverbs, we can see a difference in our lives because, again, Proverbs are wise observations about kingdom living. Now, last week, when we started to kind of dig into this amazing book of wisdom a little deeper, we, we looked at a principle that that I like to call this principle that you see in the book of Proverbs. We saw it last week in Proverbs chapter 1, but, but here's what I call it. Look behind me. We call it the principle of the path. Now, Andy Stanley, who is the pastor of North Point Community Church in Atlanta, wrote a book for students called The Principle of the Path. I've read that book. Honestly, I should have gone and looked. I don't remember all of what that book was about, but it was very similar because, again, when you talk about this path that we find in the book of Proverbs, the principle of the path, there's just something about this, 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 this principle, and it kind of goes like this. You and I have a choice. You have a choice when you live your life. 
as you go through life, you have a choice to pick one of two paths. You have a choice where Proverbs 1 tells us you can pick the, pa the path of wisdom or you can pick the path of foolishness. The choice, the path that you choose is, listen to me, it's going to be up to you. The path of wisdom is marked by the fear of God. The path of foolishness is marked by no fear of God. The path of wisdom leads to life. The path of foolishness leads to death. And the writer of Proverbs encourages us consistently all throughout the book of Proverbs to choose the path of wisdom. Consistently, the writer of Proverbs is encouraging us to pursue wisdom. And, and, and the way that he encourages you and I to pursue that path, that path of wisdom, is by using the analogy of a lover. Again, for those of you in this auditorium, for those listening and watching online who have been in love, you remember that first love. That, that first love was the person who, who drew all your time. They drew all your attention. They were so important to you that you spent every waking hour, every dollar you had pursuing them and pursuing that love. And, and again, if you've ever been in love, then you can remember how that was. Well, this is the same way that the writer in Proverbs tells us it should be when it comes to our life and wisdom. And if you've missed either of the first two weeks of this series, then I would want to encourage you to take the time and go back and either listen or watch them. You can watch them from our Facebook page. You'll just have to scroll down. Or from our website, crossroadslebanon.com forward slash media, you can listen to the audio version of today's message. But those two series really, those two messages of this series really kind of set up where we are today and, and what, what we're going to find in this amazing book of wisdom. You know, <clears throat> a few weeks ago, I was coming down the interstate from Nashville and I got off at 231 and, and, I, and I headed into town and, and as most of you know, Lebanon ain't what it used to be. Amen? I mean, it, it's, it's just not what it used to be. Uh, just one second, okay? Cheers. But I got off at 231. Honestly, I was trying to catch Popeye's when it wasn't lined up. So anyway, uh, I got off on 231, and I got stuck at the light that turns right, remember you're coming into town on 231, that turns right and goes up into the Roxy, into Demas's. Uh, for those of you who like CC's Pizza, we're praying for you, but it's up there too, or it used to be up there. So anyway, I, I was sitting at the light, and as I'm sitting at the light, I, I'm, I'm really good at looking in my rearview mirror, and uh, I have a fairly new vehicle, and my, my, my car now has a, a camera, which allows me to see the person behind me with great clarity. And, and, and again, so I'm sitting there in my vehicle, and I'm stopped at the light, and I'm looking at the guy behind me. And if he could do what I'm doing now in his automobile behind the steering wheel, he would have done it because he was totally frustrated that the light wasn't changing faster than he wanted it to. Now, I need you to visualize this because most of you are going to understand this. 
231 is two lanes into town, two lanes out of town, a turning lane down the middle of those two lanes, and on each side of 231, there's like a wasted lane. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? There, there's just a lane out there on the right that you're not supposed to get in. You're not supposed to drive in it. You're not supposed to park in it. So I'm sitting there at the light, and, and, I, and I'm just I'm looking at this, and I know what's about to happen. This guy in the automobile behind me is so frustrated that he can't make an immediate turn that he decides, you know what, I'm going to make a turning lane out of the far right lane. And the light is still red, and he kind of whips it out behind me, goes up to the light, turns right, to which one of our good men in blue saw him as he was stationed behind Hardy's, and they pulled him over. I mean, I could read the frustration on his face, and I knew what he was going to do. And here's the thing. It was almost comical to me. Simply because I sat there, I had sat there and watched the whole thing happen right in front of my eyes. And, 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 and you, give, you give some thought to that and you're thinking, oh, there's two lanes going in. There's a vacant lane over here which says, there's a sign that says, do not park, do not turn. I mean, again, it, it's just there. But, but it doesn't seem like it was a really big deal. But again, there was traffic, and he couldn't get around. So he says, you know, I'm just going to do whatever, and, I, and I'm just going to do what benefits me personally. So he just swung out from behind me, minding his own business, going on about his way, made his way up until he was pulled over because he thought, you know what, I, I can make this faster. But they failed to realize that it wasn't a turning lane. Again, there's a sign that says right on the side of the road, this is not a turning lane. It's not a parking spot. And by getting out of the normal lane of traffic and making their way to the light, they risk hitting somebody else who actually might have been doing what the law permitted by using that lane as a designated turning lane. It was not a designated turning lane. And here's the thing, I would strongly encourage you, go sit in Sunset's old parking lot and watch this, because it happens every week. Several people I have seen fail to observe the law at that intersection, and when they did, and a policeman was close by, every person I saw that used that far right lane as a turning lane, they got a ticket. So be warned today. That if you try it and the police are around, they're going to ticket you. And here's where I'm going with this. Every person that I saw jump out of line, go into the lane that they weren't supposed to go into, try to, try to do the end around the traffic and the light, they did that simply because... They lacked discipline. Probably never occurred to you, did it? They jumped out of line. They couldn't wait for the light because they lacked discipline. They couldn't wait for the light. They just could not wait their turn. And instead of observing the law and following the law and waiting, having just a little bit of self-control, they ended up paying the price. And the price that they paid 
was when the policeman pulled them over, he gave them a ticket. And as I've looked at what the writer of Proverbs has been telling us, and as I've looked at some of the situations that you and I have going on in some of our lives, if there's anything I began to see that I lack and you lack in my life, it's discipline. If there's anything that you lack in your life, it's self-control. I mean, I mean, I don't know what you came in here with this morning. I don't know the, the situation or the circumstance or the area of your life where you would look at me if we were talking one-on-one and, and, and you would say, Randy, this is an area of my life as I've stepped into 2022. This is the area of my life where I need wisdom. I would almost bet you that in that area where you say, I need wisdom, I need things to be different in 2022, I would almost bet that if you were to take the time and trace the roots of that situation or circumstance backwards, you're going to find that in your life there was a lack of discipline. There was a lack of self-control. It was the lack of discipline that in many ways allowed some of you to get into the financial mess that you find yourself in right now. I mean, think about it. It was the lack of discipline that allowed you and your family to find yourself in the financial mess that you find yourself in right now because you just continue to spend money. You just continue to spend money thinking that the economy was going to keep chugging along. You thought the bonuses would keep coming. You thought the salary would keep going up. You thought the raises would keep coming. You looked at your job and your career and, and you thought, you know what, my employment is secure and you didn't save and you didn't put away and you just kept spending. And because of that, now you find yourself in a mess. It was a lack of discipline. Or maybe it was that kind of discipline that, that allowed you to sit behind a computer in an office or at your home where the door was closed. And you knew that if you clicked on that little icon, that that little icon was going to take you to a website that you knew that you had no business going there. And now you're struggling. Because it was a lack of discipline. It was the lack of discipline in what started out to be just a relationship with a friend. And that relationship that was with just what you thought was a friend escalated. And now you find yourself separated. And now you're on the road to divorce. Because you lacked discipline. I mean, think about it, your life right now as we start this new year. Because we all want to change the way our life has been. We, want, we have these things in our, in our life that we want to be better in the new year. In your life, it could be a lack of discipline when it comes to exercise, when it comes to eating, when it comes to, to relationships, to money. It could be a number of things. 
But when we look at what the writer in Proverbs says as it relates to wisdom, we're going to see that so many times we fail in all these different areas of life because we continually fail to practice discipline. And I think the writer of Proverbs gives us some really good insight when it comes to discipline. But, but, but for you to really understand when I talk about discipline, I, I need to give you a definition. And again, this is my definition, and it was basically taken from what I see in the book of Proverbs. When I, when I talk about discipline, to me, this is what discipline is. Discipline is controlling my speech and my thoughts and my actions. When I talk about discipline, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the ability to control the things I say, the things I think, and the things that I do. A person who practices discipline is a person, listen to me this morning, who has self-control. And they control their impulses. And they control their speech and their actions. The person who practices discipline is a person who exercises self-control in all areas of their life. And, and, and again, if you're exercising self-control in all areas of your life, this, this type of discipline is, is something that I want you to see. That this type of discipline that I'm talking about is something that I call preventive discipline. The person who practices self-control is somebody who practices preventive discipline, which really means at its core, it's, it's proactive. Preventive discipline is always proactive. But there's another type of discipline. And that other type of discipline is what I call corrective discipline. And while preventive discipline is always going to be proactive, corrective discipline is by its very nature reactive. Again, think about the scenario that I told you about a while ago that happened out on 231. The person who pulled into that outside lane to use it as a turning lane, that's someone who failed to observe the law. And when they were caught by the Lebanon police, the policeman issued them a ticket and in its own way that ticket now listen that ticket served as a form of what you see behind me or what you just saw behind me corrective discipline the ticket was corrective discipline it was to tell you you break the law there's going to be a price to pay that's corrective discipline. It's trying to encourage you to follow the law. Can I just say something on behalf of our law enforcement people? If they ask you to do something, just do what they ask you to do. So much of what we see, bad press on our local police or sheriff's officers or first responders, is typically people not doing what they were asked to do. 
And I realize sometimes that you may have been pulled over mistakenly. You may not have done. But if they ask you to do it, just do it. Can I get an amen for that? I mean, I mean, just do what they ask you to do. The ticket that they were issued was just a way to discourage the person, don't do this again. It was a form of correction. And again, when you think about life and you think about corrective discipline, let me, let, me, let me give you an example. The place that you see corrective discipline right now used more than any other place is in the life of a child. That's where you see corrective discipline. Children require more corrective discipline than adults. But what's important for us to remember this morning is that we still have room in our lives for corrective discipline. So today, here's what I want to do. I want to go to the book of Proverbs and read something that I think shows the value of wisdom. And not just the value of wisdom, the value of wisdom as it relates to discipline. And again, here's the thing I told you that the principle of the path that, that, that I have identified in Proverbs chapter 1 and that we see woven throughout Proverbs chapters 1 through 31, it, it, it's going to show the importance of what we're about to read, the importance of the path that we choose. Are you going to choose the path of wisdom or are you going to choose the path of foolishness? So we're going to go to the Bible, Proverbs chapter 2, and we'll start reading in at verse 1. And let me just say this. As we make our way through this, I want you to pay attention to two very important words. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. Here's what it says. My son. And here's the very first important word, if. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, look at what it says. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if, that's the third if that we've seen, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, Then, that's the other word I want you to see. Then, you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Here's the word again. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair. Every, there it is, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men. From men whose words are perverse. Who have left the straight paths, there it is again, to walk in dark ways. Who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perversiveness of evil. Whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Now let me ask you a question. I'm going to put it up there because this question is very, very important to where we're kind of going and where we're going to close today. 
The question is this. Do you understand or do you know what the difference is between preventive discipline and corrective discipline? Think about it. What's the difference between preventive discipline and corrective discipline? You know what the difference is between the two? Here it is. It's wisdom. That's the difference between those two disciplines. And if there's anything that is evident in what we just read, it simply goes back to the principle that I pointed out last week, the principle of the two paths. Are you in your life going to choose the path of wisdom? Or are you going to choose the path of foolishness? Because I want, I want you to hear me. I pointed out two words. And the two words that I pointed out were the word if and then. Now listen, listen, listen look right here. There were three ifs. And there were two thens. And when you look at those verses, you know what the writer was telling you? The writer was telling you that if you do the ifs, it's the thens that will undergird the ifs. When you do the ifs, those ifs, they undergird the thens. When, when discipline is a part of your life, and when you do the ifs that we read in those 11 verses just a moment ago, then that tells us that we're on the path of wisdom. We've chosen the path of wisdom. Now, again, hear, hear what I'm saying. We read 11 verses just a moment ago. But out of those 11 verses that we read just a moment ago, the most important verse of all of those verses was this verse. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. And why is that important? I'll tell you why it's important. Because discretion and understanding come through discipline. Now listen to me. Discretion and understanding come through discipline. We read 15 verses. I told you 11. That was verse 11 out of the 15 that we read. And verse 11 is the most important because it says discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. And it's so important because discretion and understanding, that, what's, that is exactly the thing that comes through discipline. 
And maybe that's where you are this morning. Maybe, maybe you walked into this 10 o'clock service this morning. Maybe you watched online. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're listening online. And, and you've heard what I've had to say as we kind of set up this, this, this message this morning by going back and reviewing the last two weeks. But, but one of the things that you've realized that as we kind of drilled down on those 15 verses, you've realized that as I've been talking about all of this, the discipline isn't even a part of your life. There's no discipline in your life in any way. As a matter of fact, based on what you've heard this morning and read this morning, you would be one of those people that admit, you know what, I'm not on the path of wisdom at all. Randy, based on what you've said and looking at my life, I've chosen the path of foolishness. What do I need to do? See, see, if we've chosen the wrong path, because you're on one of those two paths. And if we realize this morning in this auditorium or watching wherever you're watching from that we're on the wrong path, the natural question that we're going to ask ourselves is, okay, what do I need to do? Well, what have I got to do to correct this? And I'm going to tell you who I think gives us the information that we need when it comes to correction. It's James. Look at what James says in James chapter 4, verse 7. James says, submit yourselves. If you've realized that you're on the wrong path, you're going the wrong way, then submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And see, to me, the most important word in, in what we just read is the word submit, which really means submission. Because submission is actually, in and of itself, a purification process. Submit yourself. Submission is a purification process. And you say, well, what, what is the process of purification? I'll tell you what it is. It's in your life just like it is in mine. It's the process of repentance. It's just you and I today admitting to God that we have taken the wrong path in our life. No discipline, no self-control. And we've taken the path of foolishness which is the path of sin and death and no fear of God. So maybe today what you need to do is just admit. It all starts with repentance. It starts with admitting, you admitting. I can't do it for you. It starts with you admitting to God, confessing to God. That instead of pursuing a life where discipline is non-existent, you want to change. And you today want to drive a stake in the ground and say, you know what? I'm going to pursue a life of wisdom that is marked by discipline and self-control. Controlling my thoughts and my actions. 
and my speech. Getting on that path that's marked by the fear of God. That path that leads to life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Even if you're at home, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Don't allow anything to distract you. Maybe today you're at a place where you have realized that your life has no discipline and that you're on the wrong path. Maybe today, right where you are, right where you're seated, maybe in this auditorium, you need to get on your face at your chair at the foot of these steps. You need to get up. You need to do something action-wise that says to God, I'm serious about changing the course of my life, about changing the path that I'm on. It's about repenting of the things that you've said and done and thought. You can do that right where you are. It's your words, it's your actions that God needs to hear, not mine. Just confess to him that you've made a mistake and that you need direction, that you need help, that you need to fill his spirit, his presence. Just go to him, run to him because he's literally there waiting for you. He wants to hear from you. Let me tell you, he he doesn't care what you did last night. Well, he cares, but it's not gonna come in between you and him if you'll just confess that to him and ask him to forgive you and to help you get on the right path. Listen to me, Crossroads. It's not something I can do for you. It's what you have to do. It's the process of repentance. It's purification. It's submitting yourself to God. Because when you submit yourself to God, the scripture says that the devil will flee from you. So do only what you can do. Do business with God as only you can. God, we thank you this morning for the clarity and the wisdom found in the book of Proverbs those kingdom principles, those catchy, clever sayings that help us understand what it is to live this life and not live it where we are, but to live it in a better way as you've called us to live it. Wisdom left by Solomon, that we can incorporate that into our life and we can be a different person today because of that process of repentance, that purification, that's made available through Jesus Christ, your only son who gave his life for us. Your heart given for us. God, do in our lives what needs to be done as we ask this prayer this morning in Jesus' name.
to